Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. My name is Terry. I want to welcome you to our show for Wednesday night. Um, again, I have been missing in action, but I am back. Um, Michelle will be joining us soon, so we will um, kind of wait for her to get on the line to join us. But wanted to kind of talk to our people out there about something that's near and dear to us, as you can tell, about tonight's show, and that is our veterans. And hey, Michelle. Hey, Terry. How are you doing? Uh, tired, but I'm doing okay. Okay. How about you? Uh, <laughs> um, doing, doing 50 million things at once, so anyhow. But I'm going to put some of it inside so I can... Okay. 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 Okay, I just got a message from one of our guests today right now. Did you see it? Okay. All right. Actually, yeah, actually, actually, I, yeah, I can't see it. <laughs> for some reason, okay. and this is maybe hood, uh, our lines are messed up for our internet. So I am, um, I'm doing what most young folks do. I'm doing tablet. <laughs> so this is the first for me because usually it doesn't take, but it did tonight. So um, everybody kind of bear with us. Okay. Because, um, well, anyhow, well, let's talk while I get her, get her, um, get her together here. Okay. So. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, everyone, did you have a good Memorial Day weekend? And what did you do? <laughs> and and is there someone you want to talk about? Okay. So actually, um, this Memorial Day. Was kind of a a runaround one. It was I was running from here there when saw my mom. Um, and she's doing mm-hmm. good. So I was glad to hear mm-hmm. that. Didn't barbecue. Kind of relaxed. Um, hung out with my sister a little bit, and um, and then kind of ran some more. But for the most part, you know, I um, I thought a lot about my dad. He was a vet. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a two. Leon uh, Jackson. And I thought a lot about my brother, who actually um, was retiring from the military. Uh, actually, had retired from the military in 2001 before he passed. So, yeah, I thought a lot about them that day because I guess I watched some of the parades that we had on TV. And I know that we have vet- the Veterans Day. I know we have Memorial Day for those who died for us. Um, and for me, it's like even those who didn't die in service, was out of service, they still gave their life, you know, for the country because they still went fought. So, you know, I give it to them on that day. It's the Veterans Day a lot of times they talk about people who are, you know, still alive, and that's Veterans Day. So on either day, you know, I I recognize both of them on either day for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, um, you know, I think I'm most thankful for veterans who – who went and served for us and wasn't able to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Now they can be. Um, but what kind of services are they getting? You know, what mm-hmm. kind of help are they getting? Um, are they even being recognized? So and I'm kinda glad that we're talking about that today. Well, you know, I think that that's one okay. of the things that you know, as a kid and you know, 
I remember. And as you drive around, you know, you still see the flags and stuff up. But a lot of the issues that are happening with our veterans, you know, it's that's why our, our title is like remembering our vets while they're alive and, and giving them their flowers because you have many vets who they say who are homeless because they don't have, all right, I, I figured it out. Okay. She told me one number and then she's like, oh, yeah, I'm on the wrong number. So anyhow. Um, so you know we don't have we don't have an address. So now you've seen people talking about the problem with homelessness and what's not happening with them. Okay, so I mean it's really an important thing that it's wonderful. We have to remember those who died before because they fought for our freedom, but we have to remember those who are still alive and some who we have almost like um, put them in in a hellhole because they don't have. They can't get benefits or they don't have an address for it. And there's so many new and initiatives that are coming up. Like you see people talking about um, more affordable housing, uh, tiny homes and things mm-hmm. for them. But let's do our disclaimer so we can we can kind of get into this. So, okay. Okay. The views and opinions expressed on Can We Talk to Real, blog, talk, radio show, host, co-host, Guests and call-on listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. The host appreciates your opinion and your openness. Can We Talk For Real does not condone disrespect to the show content, co-host, and or guests. The host or co-host are not counselors and advise you to seek professional consultation if needed. So um, our guest tonight is, is one of our family members, um, Kara Craig, who's been on before. She's a veteran. Um, I'm going to bring her in and we'll let her tell uh, tell a little bit about um, herself. But I think it's working. Okay. And, you know, this is the magic of technology. You people just don't know what all we go through to try to make this happen on the back side. Okay. <laughs> but, um, tell um, it, Kira tell it. But she is, she loves she worked on her own. Now she's back. She's serving other veterans, so she sees some of these people the other 364 days. Um, she's got a vision for what what she sees that would help veterans, particularly LGBT veterans. And you know, like I said, Kira's family. She's somebody we're always happy to see because her service didn't stop the day she took off that uniform. So. Sierra Craig, welcome back. Hey, Terry and Michelle, how are you? <laughs> hey, Terry, how you doing? I'm fine, I'm fine. How you doing? Uh, tired, but I want to thank you for your service. <laughs> Definitely thank you for your service, you and everybody else. Yes, me and everybody else. Yeah. Oh, right. I, I told someone today about about you, a, a young woman who, I mean, I mean, and you know, people think a, a veterans have a certain look, but veterans have all kinds of look. And this is a, a young uh, member of our community, and like she was talking about her time being in the service, and somebody looked at her and they said, like, Oh, I thought you were only like about nineteen or twenty. And this young woman, like, she came right out of high school, went in. And, you know, and now she, she's starting another part of her career, and I was telling her about you, Tiara, and how, you know, 
how you use, you've used what you've learned while in the military to build a career on as an entrepreneur, as an activist, and now back with the VA. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And at the VA, um, you know, I served under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. So at the VA now, I see so many um, veterans that identify as L, the G, the B, or the T that, um, you know, proudly served, did multiple tours, um, was Good injuries, both visible and invisible, but um, are still having trouble, you know, living their truth. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's really, I mean, the fact that you're able also, you're able to work there and do it, but many people think, oh, well, you know, they can serve, but if you've had particularly years and years of serving in the closet, maybe living in the closet after you came out, you know, just because now it's like, well, hey, don't ask, don't tell. Everything is good. No, it doesn't <laughs> no. erase off on it. <laughs> no, it does, it does not just turn off like that. Not at all. Not mm-hmm. at all. I mean, and with, you know, with LGBT vets, you know, because we had to live, some of us had to live in the closet for so long and um, live regress for so long, uh, we have the lowest overall health status and the lowest rates of um, just preventative care, just going to a doctor to get checked up, you know, yet we have the highest rates of smoking, alcohol, and drug abuse, um, the highest rate of um, and risk for mental illnesses like PTSD, anxiety, depression. We have a higher rate than other veterans for sexually transmitted diseases and HIV infections. Um, And a lot of us, because of exposures, have an increased um, incidences of cancers, various amounts. So um, because we don't go to the doctor or see a psychiatrist or get checked out um, for one reason or another, you know, we make ourselves vulnerable for lots of things. That hence is why the Rainbow Veterans Project was was uh, birthed to provide a comfortable space and environment to provide the information on the entitlements and benefits <clears throat> for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender veterans. You know, through the Veterans Health Administration and the Veterans Benefits Administration. If someone had dishonorably discharged. Don't ask, don't tell, or even you know during that, if they had that, that, do they have any recourse now? Oh, of course they do. Um, they have what's I mean, called um, <laughs> it's called D discharge uh, re um, a, a discharge review board. So where if you were discharged under um, less than honorable circumstances, you can have your uh, discharge reviewed and um, changed to and upgraded to honorable or um, other than dishonorable. So some soldiers get honorable discharges, some soldiers get a classification that's other than uh, 
dishonorable. But you can have your discharge upgraded, especially if it's noted uh, that you were discharged based on your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Here, I got a question. Just like, you know, everybody, people are getting married, you know, because they can now. When they did the don't ask, don't tell, and I guess a lot of people, you know, would say, well, that's the case, and they, you know, people should have went and drove, you know, who were gay to the doctors to, you know, see psychiatrists and stuff like that. What's kind of been the holdup for people to really embrace it and be like, you know what, I need to go to the doctor. I need to do this. I need to do that. Well, Terry, with any veteran, it's pride. Um, we are, are groomed and trained to, to be strong, um, to not show any weakness or fear or things like that. So that that's something that's instilled in most um, soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen, um, that, you know, you're, you're strong. So uh, that pride is probably the number one reason why, you know, no matter, you know, the repeal of Don't Act, Don't Tell, or um, the Supreme Court's ruling on same-sex marriages really doesn't matter or didn't, you know, drive anybody to run and, you know, put their right. rainbow berets on and, you know, <laughs> run around a circle with their uh, rainbow cape. To the, to the marriage hall or to the VA hospitals. Do you see that kind of changing ever? Uh, I mean, do you see, like, that younger group that's coming out of the military um, being more proactive as far as their health goes? And, or do you see it just staying that way because of the, the teachings of, like you said, you're strong, you don't, you know, you, you don't share? Right now, the like younger uh, LGBT community is much more outspoken and upfront and in touch with their uh, sexual sexuality, their sexual identity, and they br- embrace it more. Um, so mm-hmm. they have no need to have to regress it. You know, they're individuals who are comfortable and are out with their sexuality at, you know, in junior high school, sometimes elementary school, that live their truth. Um, before they go into military service. So um, through military service with the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and then when they receive their veteran status, you know, those that younger generation, that post-Gulf War generation, um, is much more likely and active in, you know, receiving the benefits, health benefits and other entitlements from the VA um, than the older generation of veterans for that reason. You know, one of the things that that we talk about with you, and and because, I mean, you know, you're sort of like, I mean, some, I imagine like some veterans are looking and go like, oh, she's a, you know, one of those young ones. But, you know, you were there before you're dealing with both both generations, like the the young ones and the ones who who were in the closet and, and maybe now are coming back to do it. How important is it? for them to see you there, the fact that you are living out open, you're authentic, you know, you're and you're also taking the skills, the leadership, the management thing, and you've applied them in real life. How is it? How important is that for those who are at the veteran hospital who, after years of discrimination and homophobia, I mean, I mean that's part of post 
post-traumatic stress disorder, too, who I now trying to, like, sort of, like, get it together and come back. How is it, how important is it, and how do you, how do you walk in that path of leadership? Um, well, Michelle, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super gay. I, you call me the, your rock star, so I'm like super gay rock star. Uh, and <laughs> since you've known me, I've probably waved, waved my rainbow flag and had my big L on my chest at all times. But um, the, the, I guess the key is relationship building. As a veteran, as a combat service veteran, I have a special connection to other veterans, um, LGBT and non-LGBT veterans, because we share a common bond, be it uh, military service, be it combat service. We share a common bond. So um, it's sort of bridging the gap. It's um, building the relationship, you know, and respect as a veteran, um, showing compassion understanding, um, loyalty that, you know, allows those LGBT veterans to then uh, be comfortable and open up to you and be open to uh, receiving assistance, asking the questions, and being their authentic true selves uh, around around you, um, and then building a community, you know, being that for someone else. So for me, it was about build, bridging the gap between being a um, a veteran, a part of the veteran community, and being a part of the LGBT community, um, and uh, maintaining respect, confidence, knowledge um, to 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 walk hand in hand um, with both of those truths. Hmm. Wow. So, I mean, I know that you probably work with a lot of different people. Um, and now, how many, how many folks from the LGBT community have come, have come up to you and said, you know what, um, I work with the VA, and you know, I want to be a part of what you're doing. You know, um, within my medical center, let's just 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 go there. Uh, we have the New York State um, Veterans Representative uh, within the medical center, and we also have the uh, POW, MIA uh, representatives there to assist in benefits um, uh, and entitlement cases and things like that. Because I'm all all around the uh, medical center, they call me the, the mayor of Montrose, but um, <laughs> they, uh, I just build up, I guess it's, it's just, Striking up conversation and being myself, you know, that a lot of people, you know, where they work, where somebody where they live, they can't just be their authentic, true selves. Now, granted, I don't go around, you know, saying, hi, my name is Tierra, um, I'm a U.S. Army veteran, and I'm a lesbian. That's not how I introduce myself. But I also don't um, don't hide who I am. So if there, you know, if there's something that comes up, if I want to talk about, you know, um, a partner or past experience or anything like that, if it's built into a story, I don't use, you know, the they, them pronouns. I, you know, make it, you know, as open as I can. And with that, um, if that veteran is um, a member of the LGBT community, you know, that opens the door for them to know that, you know, we, again, have a common bond. If they're not and they know someone who is, I have one uh 
vet who was like, you know, um, you know, you know such and such who lives upstairs, you know, he's um he got kicked out because uh he had a boyfriend or something like that and you know, that's how we got connected. And, you know, so it's word of mouth, um and just me being who I am. Through the website um, and some Twitter feeds and networking with some other organizations, I've been able to help, uh, I think it's six vets outside of the medical center, and I'm working with, currently working with two veterans now and at, with, that I met in the medical center um, and one who successfully received his um, benefits. So... It was not as big and and great as the VFW or um, Disabled Veterans of America, DAV, or anything like that, but, you know, we're doing what we can for LGBT veterans and and all veterans. I mean, you know, I'm not – my mission is to advocate for LGBT veterans, um, but, you know, I don't mind giving information to any veteran that's inquiring about how to get the benefits and entitlements that they've earned through their military service. You know, I yeah, because I, one of the things that I discovered, because you know, I, I told you earlier, I, I had gone to a veterans facility here in Michigan, and after I was talking to someone, I had uh, uh, one of the vets come up and he said, "Well, you know, usually, you know, t- to have someone be there and be out, because he said he found like it was like it was all business. Either they sent him to the chaplain, you know." Or they went and it was like all like paperwork administration, but to to talk and to be around people who were just like here's somebody who's regular and you can be gay and you don't have to. It's not like you you know we're treating you for something, but this is part of your life and this is what you do. And um, do you find that that part to have people is like okay because because really when you have to go they send you to talk about you know. If you're administrating, getting your rights, or go and talk to someone counseling, but sometimes you're just living. And so do you find that people, when when you're able to, like, just sort of sit down and laugh and joke or say, hey, you know what, this is coming up. I know one time you were on and you were talking about, you know, planning pride things. Is that How important is that, and how much does that do as far as, you know, I know that everybody is supposed to be okay, but I'm sure that there's the gay table and then there's the straight table. How does... How is that as far as building that that inclusive, making it a more inclusive environment? Um, yeah, I mean, the straight table and gay table is there, but it's not as uh, visible as it, as it used to be um, in the past. I, I have to give credit where credit is due. The Department of Veterans Affairs, um, specifically the Veterans Health Administration, has taken great strides in um, training the VA staff on LGBT health issues, on, um, you know, I I call it jargon, but, you know, proper pronouns and how to use LGBT-inclusive languages and, you know, talking about the sexual health and just providing a greater level of customer service and providing health services to the LGBT community. So with that, I think that changed the climate uh, within within the um, the veteran community in regards to the veteran health care because you know 
if the medical center, the clinicians and physicians and staff are inclusive and, you know, what to say, how to say it, um, what questions to ask, what questions not to ask. I mean, we have a joke, how many times is a lesbian going to go to the doctor and say she's a lesbian and the doctor continue to ask her if she's pregnant? Are you um, sure? <laughs> are you sure you're yeah, right, you know. right? Um, and and you know so they change the question. The questions usually are, you know, um, about you know your sexual partners, and then it's noted. So you know the physician asks a different line of questioning uh, for that. The same way with men who have sex with men and our um, transgender vet- veteran community. So um, with that, I think it it kind of changed the tone. Now you have some old soldiers. And some, uh, mostly the soldiers from uh, rural areas that are less open um, and inclusive, but that's going to be, you know, there's that year, you know, of Pan Asian descent, uh, black. If you, you know, so it's going to be some discrimination, you know, with all communities. But I think, you know, right now because the VA. Uh, health, Veterans Health Administration has led the way in being inclusive um, and training the, the staff. It's set the tone throughout the veterans to the point where they don't talk about it or aren't as discriminatory and rude in, in out in public. Now, I'm sure you know in in the on the units or you know in groups they may say something out of pocket, but out in open to openly disrespect anybody else, that doesn't happen. So, you know, I want to go back to, to something that, you know, we sort of like talked about you, but then we sort of moved on. But <laughs> in many ways, you know, now you're working for the VA, but prior to working for the VA, your life was like so many in the LGBT community. But what you did, was you used, I mean, having gone through the military, you used the skills and the things that you learned to find work, to run a business, to do things. And I think that often one of the things about equality is that not that someone, you know, when a gay person comes in, is that that they want we want them to look at us entirely and to sort of say, oh, well, these are the skills and the abilities that you have and you can bring, which is of value to our business. How do you, and I know that in, in the many things that you do, you meet other people who are maybe vets, like the young woman that I had told, I told you about, like it was a while before she changed her mindset to sort of say like, hey, you know, I know when I, I, I walk in they're going to look at me because she doesn't try to hide that she's LGBT, but she's, she's going to walk in there and, boom, here's my resume, and this is what I bring, and this is what I do. In your many travels, how do you encourage or talk to other vets who might be trying to find them ways, and and really, which is a challenging market, and you know you've got that gay bullseye on your back. How do you tell them, how do you use, from your own personal experience, how do you use what you learned to get over, to get ahead? Um, You know, in all honesty, Michelle, it's about it's it's a it's a journey. 
Um, it's about first being confident in yourself and who, in who you are, um, and then being, and after that, being confident in what you know, what you can do, um, what you can offer the uh, organization in which you're applying for work or or anything like the things like that. Um, but it all starts with being being you know comfortable with, with who you are. And you know in, when I talk to anybody, you know I, you remember when I had the um, Lesbians of Color Support Network. You know when mentoring mm-hmm. uh, young members of the community, it's all about you know first getting in touch with you, you know, loving you because, you know, you can only you can only be you because everybody else is taken. So once you, once I got to a place where I was comfortable with who, who I was and what my abilities were, comfortable in the skin that I was in, then I was able to um, move on to say, you know, this is, this is who I am and I'm confident and comfortable with who I am, and these are the skills and the knowledge and the abilities that I have and can offer you, and then becoming comfortable and confident in those to a point where you don't have to convince anybody of those things because they can see it in how you present yourself and how you uh, move through your day-to-day, be it work, be it um, volunteering, and things like that. It's not a uh, surprise that uh, more than 50% of veterans go into business for themselves um, upon leaving military service because of the discipline and the confidence that they have and the skills that they've acquired, um, what they could do and things, things like that. So, you know, when you ask what do I what would I say or what do I say, you know, the first thing I say to anybody is, is how are you? Not how are the people around you, how are the job, how is the family, you know, but how are you? And if they're and if, you know, someone is, is comfortable with 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 who they are and who they are becoming, um, then that's the first step. That's the foundation. Well, we want to talk more about your 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 leadership and particularly um, the outserve conference that you attended, and then some of the other things before we go into it. But we've had a couple people on hold, and I'm going to see if I'm going to try and bring a couple of callers in for you. Okay, so we've got someone, and the area code is eight zero four, and the last phone number is sixty one eighty. Okay, I'm bringing you in. Do you have a question for Tiara? Um, no, I don't. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So listening. Please, please stay on the line, though, and listen some more. Then, okay, I'm trying to get the ones that have been, like, here for a long time. Okay, then there's one that's area code 919, and the last four are 8222. Okay, let's try that. Are you there? <laughs> Hello. Uh, okay. All right. Well. All right. I get it. So, one of the other things. So, you just recently attended this outserve. 
and it and it's for LGBT. Because what outserve was what were your observations and particularly as an LGBT veteran of color, how do you feel these organizations serve us? Um, I'll serve, uh, and the service member Legal Defense Network um, has been in existence since 93, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they represent the uh, LGBT community worldwide Um they're a legal service, so they yeah provide you know free legal assistance to service members and veterans affected by um, then don't ask don't tell. Um, right now, I guess their focus is on transgender service members um, that may be discriminated against or harassed and things like that. But um, their primary uh, mission is to provide legal services um, and policy organizations uh, for service members and veterans. And they've been doing it for um, for a very long time now. So um, this was their fifth annual um, OutServe uh, National Leadership Conference that I attended in Washington, D.C. last month. Um, mm-hmm. And I was a did your job send you there? Did you get sent there or you just went? Pardon me? Did your job send you there or did you just go? Oh, I just, I, the, the Rainbow Veterans Network Project went. That's, that's who went there, you know, because mm, okay. I felt it was necessary for me to um, network with um, others that have the same passion that I have. Um, for for LGBTQ veterans, um, I went there to learn and um, to network and to um, I guess gain partnerships for the Ra- Rainbow Veterans Project. Um, the it was not as uh, amazing as I thought it might be. Um, it it did bring a lot of uh, people to the table, active duty service members, um, veterans, veterans, the, the transgender community was uh, heavily represented um, at the conference. And then with this being a presidential election year, there were uh, political representations from both the RNC and the DNC, and um, members of the uh, lobbyist um, organizations and leadership training uh, organizations uh, in the Victory Fund. Hmm. So it was it was the right people were were in the room um, for the most part at the conference. Um, but what I did see, you know, where there was a lack was, um, you know, the the direction. You know, you have these um, service men and women in a room. You have these veterans in the room. But no one gave, gave direction. Uh, there was not much direction given. There was a, a workshop on um, discharge upgrades that was extremely helpful for those who, 
uh, were affected by um, Don't Ask, Don't Tell. But um, for those of us who were not affected by Don't Ask, Don't Tell, there was not a lot of guidance given. There was not um, any attention given to um, attention and guidance given to the members of the lesbian community. There was not much time and attention. There was not any time and attention given to the POC um, community. Uh, you know the the um, black veterans and service members, the brown veterans and service members, those of uh, Pan Asian or Latino Latina um, Hispanic uh, veterans at all. So that's that's where there was a lack. Um, Michelle knows me, so she, she you probably know that I, I made that known, made that observation known early on in the in the conference, um, was, and was assured that you know my voice was heard and that changes would um, be happen in the future. But as the conference moved on, you know, it became more and more frustrating that um, there was a conference with a lot of um, Disorganization and and information or uh, talked at the veterans and service members instead of conversations had and um, gaps bridged and resources shared and things like that. So um, though they were able to bring a lot of and I'm not going to say a lot because it was not a heavily attended conference, but they were able to bring uh, the veterans and service members um, and legislative representatives into a um, a common place. I don't think that the conference actually did serve its purpose um, and served the purpose that it was it could have easily served um in communicating um services for both uh active servicemen and women and veterans at all. And they dropped the ball on, you know, having a conversation about um the lesbian uh veterans and service members and the um the service members of color. Well, a lot of stuff wasn't that... accomplished that could be accomplished. Mm-hmm. Do you think Here. that um, – Go ahead, Michelle. Okay. Are you – okay, Kira? Yes. Okay. All right, but, uh, you know, I noticed, you know, I'm always watching your posts, but, but you – did you see, I mean, is there a need for that gathering? And is there one to be, is there a need for a type of gathering like this? I mean, is it, does it need to be for the whole veterans community? Or is there a need for some type of a gathering to talk just about what's happening with with communities of color? I mean, is it is it, diff, you know, are there any different? And it's like, should we be, hopefully, between, you know, other advocacy groups that will arise, much like what you're talking about doing. Um, what did that fuel you? What did that say to you about the Rainbow Veterans Project? Um, I don't think it necessarily has to uh, be a 
a conference or workshops dedicated to the um, the POC community at all. I just really think that um, with organizations that have a large reach as um, OutServe does, I mean, they represented more than 12,000 veterans and have over almost 100,000 followers across the world. So they have a huge reach that they could have taken the opportunity to um, to openly represent and, and hold a conversation for all members of the LGBT community. Um, and and with that, recognize that even with the um, non-LGBT community, that um, different ethnicities and cultures uh, have um, servicemen and women and veterans um, have different service um, advocacy, legal policy needs. And that didn't happen. So I think if there is, um, if you were to ask me what would be necessary, I think that the conference um, has momentum. The organization has the grasp. They're on the front lines. Um, they have the visibility. I think what needs to happen is they need to, um, as they mentioned they um, were doing, is to get an advisory board or committee um, that represent, you know, the lesbians, the gays, the transgender, and the bisexual, both active duty, military, and veterans of all ethnicities, or at least a representation um, of the uh, highest percentage ethnicities within the military or in the veteran community, and you know, find out what our what you know what our issues are, what the deficiencies are. Um, what the needs are, and, you know, build a conference around those in addition to addressing uh, what's coming down the pike legislatively, um, what's happened judicially, and things of that nature. So that's what I really think, you know, needs to happen in the future, not necessarily pro um, promoting or providing separation based on, um, you know, race or ethnicity, but actually being more inclusive and um, learning what whose voices need to be heard and you know how to address each of those voices. So when they so talk Tierra, about with this being sorry, Patricia, I was say with this being so close to you, um, you know, and to and you going there and seeing this, you know, what is it that you can do or your organization can do to kind of guide them, assist them, to kind of let them see that that's where it should be going. I mean, I represent the the L or the lesbian community as well as the African American um, or Black um, community as well. So, uh, what I did um, with the leadership of our service offered my offer representation for um, you know checking both of those boxes a lesbian and the black community within the advisory board or, you know, not even as a sitting member, but someone, you know, um, to sit as a focus group or, um, you know, something like that. So that's, that is the capacity in which I open myself up for the organization for the future. Um, 
both in person at the conference and um, via email to um, the leadership after the conference was over. I uh, also, with my con- constituency, I, you know, took back what I did learn um, or gathered from the conference, both the opportunities and the successes of the conference, and then I build those into conversations with other veterans and service members um, that, you know, are within the LGBT community. So, you know, not to beat anybody down or talk bad about anybody, though I was extremely frustrated with the conference, you know, it's not about, um, you know, talking bad. It's about being a part of the solution. So, you know, in the moment and after the moment, you know, I provide, I open myself up to be, you know, a part of the solution. Now, if they they don't take <laughs> um, the advice or, you know, if I don't see a change, then, of course, um, I'll make my voice heard and the observations um, noted to the leadership again. And, you know, I'm not opposed to doing my own thing, and Michelle can tell you that as well. So That was, was my just... next question. Do it on a smaller well, you know, scale I... So you just kind of build mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. So Tia, I have a question now You said that you had you know, the people there from the RNC The DNC And you know and, and it is a political year And that many of them they're going to come And they're going to tell you whatever Did you go back and when you put on your your hat of working with the with the VA, did you go like, oh boy, let me try and get this done, or it's about to hit the fan, or did you feel optimistic that the commitment to veterans will be there? I mean, Michelle, in a in a, in a presidential election year, there are tons of propaganda and representative. Um, from those organizations that are in a environment with a targeted um, community like the LGBT community, like the veteran community, and especially putting those two communities together, they are they are going to say it's almost scripted uh, what uh-huh. they um, we need to hear, we want to hear from um, the Democrats and the Republicans. And I will say that as at, during the panel discussion with those representatives, they said exactly, you know, what you would expect them to say, you know, uh, in regards to the presidential front runners uh, and the legislature uh, and the um, legislator or the uh, policies in which they represent. Um, I guess in that situation, the most beneficial thing that came out of it was uh, when um, Aisha Moody Mills. Uh, spoke about yes, she was one of the panelists. Um, the, it being necessary to not only look at who our presidential candidates are, but we I think it's forty eight percent of the seats within um, Congress are available this this election as well, and that's where the change is going to come. Not not solely with who our next president is, um, and you know they did not discuss that in depth. You know, educating the, our community, um, the veteran community, the LGBT community, the people of color community, or any other marginalized communities um, about, you know, seeking out information on mm-hmm. our senators and our congressmen, I mean, uh, our congressmen, our assemblymen for um, state legislators and things like that, because those are the ones who are going to, um, 
you know, affect change within our government, not just the person that sits in the Oval Office. So, so you, you, what I'm hearing you say is like, for the most part, you knew what you you heard the pandering, what you expected, but here there's an opportunity to have or to alert people that this is what you really need to be talking about. You know, who's not who's at the top, but who is really affecting a lot of the day-to-day decisions. So that part maybe got sort of quick, fast, and dirty, you know, and it's like, okay, other than that, let's, okay, rah, 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 let's just keep going. Y'all get out there and vote. We promise you the world. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely that's what it was. I mean, if, you know, if you took um, one uh, LGBT, um, I don't know if you're – uh, familiar with the Log Cabin Republicans, and that's who was represented okay. at, at the uh-huh. um, at uh-huh. the uh, panel discussion. You know, and as you can you can sense the disdain for the rep, uh, Republican frontrunner um, in his discussion. However, he said exactly what you know that he was supposed to say about the Republican Party and saying that you know <laughs> Donald Trump is the first. Uh, Republican presidential candidate to openly uh, support um, uh, marriage equality and um, benefits for all LGBT servicemen and women. Um, that's not saying much in the um, Republican Party, but you know those are the types of things, of course, because you know they want to highlight within that community because that's what mm-hmm. that's what, they're, that's what they do, and that's what they did. Right. Hmm. So you would think, I mean, you know, and and I think sometimes it's sort of like, to me, it's like, so it's sort of like you would think that some people would be having panels that like, no, don't just come and try and sell me your snake oil. You know, let's talk about what we want to hear and get some type of even, you know, that we can go back on and say, but you said, you know, I didn't, I didn't I'm not hearing that that happened. We were just sort of like, Okay, next. Um, and, next and, and that's that's what it was. There was not any education or action items um, given at all throughout the conference. There was a lot of information. Um, there were a lot of facts given, but there you you didn't leave there with a sense of I don't know if you've ever gone to a conference, but most conferences you leave and you feel empowered and encouraged. Uh-huh. And you, Take on the world, and and that conference, you know, left you like, okay, I have some new facts that I can spew. I know some new statistics, um, but there wasn't any action, any empowerment. There wasn't any fire, in a sense. I mean, uh-huh. you had, you know, you just kind of went through the motions, and I mean, I, I hate to to say it, but it was poorly planned and executed. Um, for the results that are generally given when you go to a conference. Um, if you're at a conference to get facts um, and you're big on statistics, then that was the place for you to be because, you know, they gave you a lot of names, they gave you a lot of uh, statistics, and they gave you a lot of facts. But how to, to use those um, to move forward to, to, uh, to aid the LGBT veteran and service member movement, you didn't get any of that. So, Tierra, is there a possibility that that is what they intended to do? 
and that everybody who came there expecting more was actually expecting something that they weren't going to give? Because that wasn't I the audience. I don't know, no, Terry. Now, when I go to the sixth <laughs> annual OutServe Military <laughs> Leadership Conference, and if it's the same thing, then I could uh, the answer to that question would be yes. But, um, okay. you know, again, it's their fifth conference. They do have an interim executive director, so they have, you know, new leadership that started midway through the, through, um, the conference planning before the conference uh, happened. So, you know, okay. the thing for me to see is that, okay, you know, this conference happened, and on the scale that it happened with the particip- participation that they had and the outcomes that they had, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Are they going to go back and in their after-action reviews um, say, okay, you know, this is what our expected outcomes were, this is what the actual outcomes were, you know, this is where we, you know, excel, this is what we need to do better and make changes. And I won't be able to answer that question until I see, you know, see it next year. Wow. But, again, the only thing I can do is, is participate. You know, I can't sit back you know, against the fence and point fingers and wait for them to come out and mess up. I have to, um, and this is just me, you know, be, you know, mm-hmm. open and available to do what I can to um, to aid the movement, to have my voice heard, to, to be the voice of those who who don't necessarily have a voice or don't have the, have a voice but don't have the words to communicate um, their needs and things like that. So I think as long as I do that and others do that, and the um, and the organization actively um, takes the feedback um, and makes changes um, and enhances the the wins that they did have. You know, you know, refine and improve those. I think that the conference can be a success. Well, okay. So part of and you know and and having been and you know we've always we've all been there and it. There's often like there's just like this handful of people, and you know pretty soon it's like you know I'm not gonna be on another board. You know you can't find another black <laughs> black lesbian to be on your board to come up and speak it. You know it's like you know <laughs> really I mean really you nice. know you saw Michelle because you really? that, that hit home and you know it right. You know yeah, really, yeah, I mean, yeah. really you know really you can't find another one because we know that they're out there. Yeah. But then yeah. um. How do you then go about finding the next tier or finding your backup team, somebody who's going to, to so that it isn't always you? So, like, um, next time, instead of it being you, you can go, like, 10 deep. You know, how are you, how do you find ways to network with, talk to, and find like-minded lesbians, whether they're veterans or not, but in communities of color, because, you know, we have to develop our bench of leadership. So how are you, and that's part of the role of a leader, not just to always be there, but that you're doing it in development. I know that one of the things that you're doing is through, and I'm not I'm not even going to try to say the name of it. I know the first part is Kappa and the last name is a Kappa Xi Omega. I mean, how are you finding ways to network with other women, like-minded, and what are your conversations about? Um, one, you know, to thing I have to do is just be me. 
and and that is the biggest thing, you know, to quote Beyonce, if you are who you are, you know, authentically, mm-hmm. yep. they will fall in formation, and that's just how it happens. Um, and, you know, not, you know, they'll uh, seek me out or seek um, the causes out. I won't have to seek anyone else out. You see you see what I'm saying? Um uh-huh. I, I will say that I, I am a part of a um, magnificent organization um, in Kappa Xi Omega of um, a part of a, a sisterhood that is strong and built solidly on uh, leadership and community development. Um, and with that, uh, these women all across um, the country um, some veterans, some active service members, some um, members of law enforcement, um, all heavily educated women, um, walk, talk, and live um, the truth in community building, in sisterhood building, and in leadership development. Um, um, being action-oriented and, and action-minded, um, which has afforded our organization to be a leader among the uh, LGBT Greek community based solely on that. And being a part of that community, um, that's the, the sorority kind of, you know, uh, you know, our colors are hunter green and cream, similar to the Army, uh, assembles a, a support group of women that um, with my endeavors and the endeavors of other of my sisters, um, we always have support, you know, no matter what, no matter when. Um, they're a phone call, an email, a text message away. Um, good times, bad times, ready to mount up to, you know, make it do what it do, in a sense. Um, and I found great um, support and encouragement in, in each and every one of them um, in different ways through my journey uh, with the Rainbow Veterans Project. Um, as an individual, you know, just Tierra needing to have a conversation um, or, you know, at work needing somebody to vent because my boss pissed me off. So, you know, Kappa is not just a sorority. You know, for me, Kappa is is family. It's a sisterhood. Um, and, and that family and that sisterhood has supported me through um, my endeavors you know, since day one. Okay, and when did, I mean, did this, when did, how long have you been a member? I've been a member all my life, Michelle, though. No. <laughs> I have, I know. Uh, okay, you came right out and, you know. <laughs> I was, I came, yeah. I was born at Kappa, no, but um, <laughs> I, I was inducted as a member of Kappa's I Omega Sorority um, this year, 2016. Mm-hmm. Okay. And are they how how do okay so say if it's uh, your your counterpart wherever how do they how did they find you or how did you find them and tell us a little bit more about it tell you a little bit more about it um I have um, been blessed to have um, wonderful people around me and uh, one of those individuals. Um, my friends uh, that um, 
Brandon Nicole was a member of Kappa Psi Omega and, you know, spoke highly and was very active um, within her community doing the work of Kappa, you know, and I saw that. And when I sought out a um, Greek letter organization to be a part of, um, I did research on the uh, vast number of LGBT Greek letter organizations that were out there, um, but none stood out like Kappa when it came to leadership development, um, you know, walking the talk when it came to community service, um, and just having, you know, uh, you know, just being a premier leadership organization, you know, standing tall, being consist- consistent. That was the, the greatest thing for me is that, you know, they had annual programming um, in place that there were no gaps. Um, there was community service done throughout the country by uh, all members that was visible um, via social media, um, you can Google them and see it. You know, they were visible, you know, walking the talk, not just wearing the letters. Um, and that was what stood out to me, which made me seek more information. And once I got more information and um, having conversations with um, the founding member, you know, it was it was a no-brainer that Kappa was, Kappa was for me. Like I said, I was probably born, born to be... Um, born to be Kappa. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you're fitting yeah. in with, with the things that you believe in and, you know, how you've lived your life and how you're living your life. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I am a very professional um, individual. Of course, I like to, to have fun, but I'm a professional a natural leader from, you know, being the eldest of four growing up to um, being a leader in military service to being a leader within, um, you know, corp- the corporate setting to being a leader within the entrepreneurial setting. You know, I, I have been in leadership for a while. Um, and being having the opportunity to be a part of an organization that exemplified that openly um, you know, how how can you pass that up? That's that's who I am. You know, all the characters that you know I I see in myself or desire to see within myself, um, I saw exhibited through the women of Kappa Zi Omega. So you know, they say surround yourself with those like you and those better than you to give you um, something to strive for and to be better. And at that, you know. In looking at Kappa and talking and, and learning the history of the organization, um, the goal and the mission of the organization, you know, they they were walk they are walking the talk of their mission, of their vision, of their purpose. So here, like here in Chicago, I know we have the Alpha Phi Kappa Fraternity Incorporated. It has a few of uh, of my friends in it. And it's funny because I want to say, like, maybe five years ago, they've been trying to get me to join it. I know it's a lot of community service. I know it's a lot of time. But, yeah, at that point, I think I was so busy, not being busy enough to do what I need to do for me. So, and I I told them, yep, you know, I'm going to probably join them. 
but um, I see a lot of things they do. The leadership is amazing. They do motivate you. If you if you get to the point where you think you motivated and it's like, yeah, 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 there's another level that you haven't got to yet, and they're going to motivate you to get there. And I see that in you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> no, seriously, because you got a passion for, you have a passion just for people. Not just the LGBT, not just the veterans, it's just people, period. Because listening to you and Michelle really talk about the politics and what people need to do and what they need to hear, we started conversations here on Can We Talk For Real? And it's because we want to educate and start people to listening and talking. Not in the bars, let's, let's talk about it. You are out there on the street talking to people. You know, you're talking to veterans, you're talking to people who are um, who are listening. So somewhere in this in this frame of the three sitting right here, the people that listen to us need to branch off and start other groups and smaller groups and build because, you know, it's, it's the people that's going to make the change. And, like, if you say that people are saying, well, they're just throwing out facts and everything, it's kind of like the people say, well, I don't want to vote. Because if I throw out enough facts, that will bore you and you won't go vote. You won't, you'll stop listening. You'll stop caring because th- I'm throwing out facts and you're not a fact person. So people that are sitting at home tell me, well, I'm not going to vote because I don't like the, the Republican. I'm not going to vote because she a woman. You know, put them people in, on, on another island. <laughs> and it's not necessarily about <laughs> starting a group, um, Terry, it's, but it's about, about starting a conversation, um, be it a one-on-one conversation, you know, in the nail salon, uh at the barbershop, at the grocery store, you know, it's, you know, at the PTA meeting, it's about, it's about having a conversation. And, you know, that's I guess. That's kind of talking about, though. Though um, when I say group, I mean, like, your friends and stuff like that, where you're sitting, in, like you say, <laughs> sitting at the barbershop and they get to talking about stuff. Yeah, Those yes. type of groups. And, that's and, that's, and that's where it needs to happen. Um, and that's mm-hmm. where each of us, um, and every everybody else listening, you know, needs to go out and, you know, and have those conversations. Um, anybody that knows me knows, too, that uh, my pet peeve is when people don't read. Um, and that right there is, is our is our greatest asset, is, is to read. You know, not just uh, what's put in front of you based on, you know, an algorithm on social media or what you hear someone tell you. But actually, you know, fact finding yourself and then holding those conversations about how it affects, you know, those smaller, you know, communities. Um, you know, the uh the new voter laws about um transgender uh members of the community that don't look like their outward appearance is not what's represented on their ID you know, having the conversation that you, they can't be refused the right to vote, even if it's a um, a conditional uh, ballot, they still have the right to vote. Having that conversation, you know, having the conversation that there are other forms of ID for your 86-year-old grandmother that lives in um, backwoods Mississippi that doesn't have picture ID um, or anything showing her address because the house that the family had for 200, 100 years doesn't really have an address in the town that they live in, they can still vote. 
you know, right. have, having that, having those conversations or having the conversation that, you know, you're 25 years old and you've never voted, you know, you're not even registered to vote, you know, people saying, well, I, well, they already voted in my state, you know, not knowing the difference between a primary and um, the general elections. And different, just, just having conversations to educate um, the you know, the people within your community, within your circles, and, you know, listening um, to some information that you may be able to learn within those conversations as well, because there may be some things that affect others within your, in your community um, that your place of privilege aren't, wouldn't even think to know about. True. I had so, a lady you know, at work sometimes asking the right question. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that particularly when you're talking about your your sorority and you talk about people who are doing it, I mean, and, and often we have people on who are doing the work. And mm-hmm. but what you find is, like, you got a whole lot of people who will show up in the club, but when it comes down to doing the work, they're not there to do the work and they're not supporting people. I mean, if everyone, I mean, if each time that we have someone who's trying to do things, and they're not getting the support from the community. I mean, you know, it it just drives you crazy. And then you hear them talk about, and one of the things I heard you say, like how you picked up some information, even from a bad, not the best situation at OutServe, you picked up some information that you took and you said, okay, well, I can work with this, and this is something that I can do, and I'm going to stay involved in this and do all that. You had... You, we've had you on before talking about the Rainbow Veterans Project, and I know that's something near and dear to your heart. And you talked about, oh, okay. Um, do you know, okay, I see your message. Do you know what the phone number, her phone number is? I got it, Michelle. Begin oh, okay, with 813-5141. Cool. You want to bring her in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going to talk about that too because I think it's important how you said that um, about to have people who push you to go further. And hopefully, we have is it Jessica? Are you there? Veronica. Veronica, is she there? Hello. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I'm here. Yeah. Not just. Yeah, it is Veronica. Yeah. Well, welcome. Veronica, well, welcome to Can We Talk For Real. And if you're well, a friend you of yours, you're, right, uh, you're all right with us, but, you know, we're going to have to interview you <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to touch bases and circle back on Tierra and her sorority membership. Um Tierra exemplifies what it means to be a, a Kappa, which is actively going out to make a change in the community, be it through the Rainbow Veterans Project or the initiative that she's taken with Kappa and working to implement our programs in her city. So and you talking about the community not supporting the programs, that happens. Because sometimes uh-huh. we just want to party. It's it's a uh-huh. fact of life. But what we do is we go out and we build those relationships. And Tiara is great at that. You know, she can switch from Tiara to TC to Amina, which is her sorority name, when she needs to be to help build those relationships. And when you build those relationships, you start to garner support. 
and it's a trickle-down effect. So we can tell one person, they tell somebody else, they tell someone else. So that's what we do. We work to build those relationships in our communities so we have that core support, and then it's a spider web. It goes out. You know, you skip that stone and you have those ripples, so it's that ripple effect. That's what's happening. You know, we're very active on social media because that's where everybody is. So we go to where people are. And Tiara has been absolutely wonderful in helping get the message out. And, you know, of course, due to the fact that we have so many veterans in the organization, we definitely will be working with the Rainbow Veterans Project to make sure that we are serving our members the best way that we can as an organization. Are you out of Michigan yourself? I'm sorry? No, she's in New York, right? You're in New York. No, we're in New York, right? No, I'm in Florida. Oh, okay. Whoa. Okay. No, yeah, we are all. Omega is represented all across the country. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm well, you know, I mean, I mean, and, and having known Tierra, I mean, and if you had said anything less of her, I mean, I would have to take her in for therapy because you know that's just <laughs> that's just who she is. I mean, you know, I, I've gone like, who is this woman? You know, but um. It is, and I think what's important, what's really good, is to know that you have that sisterhood. You've got people who got your back because as much as she does, she and I both know sometimes community can be a fickle bitch, you know, and and you need <laughs> to have your sisterhood. You need to have those people who are in your corner who get it, who sometimes will say, okay, just vent, just get it out, okay, or here, this is a different way of looking at it. And it sounds like that, and the best way to do it is not to have hangers on. It's to have other people who understand what leadership is about. And it sounds like, Tara, you found your tribe. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're the founder, right? Yes, I am. And I will say this before going further. We are a bunch of very strong-minded individuals, and that can cause, you know, it not discord, but we get our point across. So it's not like this is – I will say this is one organization where you don't have those that just follow. We have people that are going to mm-hmm. say, no, let's look at it this way. Let's Let's try this. We are very strong-minded women, and sometimes we have to put that on the back burner because our opinions <laughs> may clash. But at the end of the day, it's about the greater good for the organization and the community. And you know, and that, and I think that we don't all, you know, and that's to, that's to be, you don't want all uh, everybody to be on the same court. That that diversity of opinion makes us stronger. And, you know, yeah. a lot of times people say that, oh well, women can't get. You know what? We bring all these resources and this diversity of opinion, and what you find is like we're stronger. We're like Amazon, and does it mean that sometimes you're not going to always be on the same accord? But like you said, in the end, you all have that same vision and mission about leadership and about community that you circle back to, even though you might start going different directions. You're all going to end up at that point. True. Absolutely. So let me go back to the founder for one minute. Mm-hmm. So 
what what drove you to start this massive massive um engagement of women well lgbt greeks have been around for about 30 years or so but one of the things that was was there were it was a division you had your organizations for your masculine women you had your organizations for your feminine women i don't subscribe to either one of those per se i am who i am and so Kappa was the first organization and only one of three at this point um, to say we are for lesbian women. It doesn't matter if you identify as masculine of center, feminine, what no label. If you identify as a lesbian woman, you are you are welcome here. And because a lot of times you had people standing on that middle line, it's like, well, am I masculine enough? Am I feminine enough? Am I what, you know, I don't know what I am. I just know that I identify as a lesbian, but I don't know if I identify as this type of lesbian. So that's where Kappa came from. And as a way to, and also as an organization to actually go out there and do real work in the community based on issues that affected our intersections of being a woman, of being a person of color, of being a lesbian. So we work with all of our intersections. One of our programs, which is called What You Thought You Knew, is a series of workshops. And they cover everything from lesbian sexual health to finances to domestic violence um, to um, just any topic that could work on your interse- one of your intersections. So we try to make sure that we're covering it all for the most part. <laughs> Because we're not just lesbian women. I mean, we're not just lesbians. We're women. We're mothers. We are women of color. These are all of our intersections, and we have to make them all work. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see why you follow her, dear. <laughs> now you see. You just come on board. That's all you got to do. She just come, she put, you put it out there, like, look, this is how mm-hmm. we do it. Come on down. No, she down. doesn't. No, she doesn't follow me. She walks beside me. All of my. I like that. that, 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 that waiting right. for that. I was. That, I have that. to say that I am nothing without my 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 membership. My sores. I am nothing. My members walk beside me. And if it and if it ever got to the point where I needed to fall back so we could flourish, I fall back. And that's leadership. Uh huh. And that's leadership. Uh-huh. Where do you see it going to in the next five years? Where would you like to see it go? Well, we are developing a couple of leadership programs. We want to actually um, produce an external scholarship for non-traditional women come back to school. And the reason being, that fits our demographic. Many of us are over 35. I'm not going to, you know, drop any ages. But um, <laughs> and we're going back to school. For instance, I'm in law school. Another sister, another member is working on her MBA. Another is working on her doctorate. Uh, it's just, We have a variety. Sorotiera uh, uh, is going back for her master's. And we have one member who is going to be in school until they just tell her she can no longer go to school anymore. Uh, <laughs> but we want to be able to service those women that want to um, 
enhance themselves or we can help them out. We have an internal scholarship that we've awarded to a member um, to help her on her educational journey. Now we want to take it outside of the community. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, um, one of the things that, that because Teal has mentioned uh, that and about the sorority, and we sort of talked about doing a show in the future, so you know we'll be getting back to you because once you come on the phone and you talk on Can We Talk For Real, you're part of our family now, too. So thank you, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I mean, welcome. Okay. So, um, I like one of the things, you know, while I want to get back to the Rainbow Veterans Project, and I mean, and I want to also say, you know, like, Tierra is like family. And when she left here and she went there, you know, to New York, you know, you know your family's okay. You watch them on Facebook. You see, okay, she's doing okay. But I also know her passion and how she, she puts herself into it. And so to see that she has this, this sisterhood behind her really helps her Detroit family go like, okay, she's going she to kick some, some major butt there. Mm-hmm. The Rainbow Veterans Project. I know you you got off to a start, life happens. Where are you with that now, Tira? And where do you see it going? And what do you need? I mean, what, um, what's your, where do you see it? Uh-huh. Honestly, I see the Rainbow Veterans Project growing to um, the, the size and providing the services uh, as a disabled American veteran organization or um, an American Legion or VFW for the LGBT community, Um, advocating and educating and empowering LGBT veterans across um, the world. That's my vision. Um, Short term, it's uh, networking and growing, growing the organization, um, providing workshops, you know, no matter how large or small, to uh, members of the community and advocates. Um, right now within the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, um, and then uh, within the next three years, um, sec- securing uh, nonprofit status, um, a uh, outside of the home office space, a consistent uh, workshop schedule, um, servicing or providing services for at least a hundred veterans uh, annually, and then growing from there. Um, again, what I need and now, now and what I needed then is, uh, you know, support. It's, you know, what I do have in my sisters is graphic design expertise, Um, you know, social media optimization skills, um, those that, you know, share, retweet um, information, to have the conversations, to give um, the information out to those within their community um, and things like that. So what I have been doing is, 
you know, going to veteran events. You know, of course, I'm active in the LGBT community, so, um, you know, wearing my veteran hat within those circles as well. With it being Pride Month, well, the Pride season, because um, Pride moves through September in some circles. Mm -hmm. So Uh uh, with the commencement of Pride season, it's just making myself available, um, you know, making... Uh, letting the Rainbow Veterans Project be known within those circles and just growing, you know, baby steps, um, you know, day by day, bit by bit, you know, just just keep plugging along. You know, right now I'm not at a point where I can, you know, stop my day job and give give the Rainbow Veterans Project, you know, 100% of my time. Um, I hope to... Um, in a lobbyist position, be able to do that um, for the Rainbow Veterans Project as my my full time job, um, policy wise. Mm-hmm. But um, to just give you know what I can give and provide the services that I can provide, you know, at this time. What inspires you? What keeps you motivated on um, the Rainbow Project, Rainbow Veterans Project? I'm I'm motivated by the successes, no matter how great or how small, be it, you know, a transgender veteran, you know, seeking me out in the hallways at work or, you know, a um, white uh, Navy veteran that lives in Seattle that makes sure she says hi to me in my inbox every day and thanks for giving her the Hmm. information. And for her to get her um, her disability, you know, so it's I'm motivated every day by by the small wins, you know, knowing that there's still work to be done. It's not it's not ever over, so I I can't ever stop. And what's what here? What would be challenging? Go ahead. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. No. Yeah, go ahead and answer, answer, that, answer that one, and then I'll, I'll go behind that because that's the, yeah. that's so, leads into so what, what I'm talking about. What have you? What What do you find most challenging about your vision? Um, it's it's soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen being being who we were trained to be. The greatest challenge is breaking that shell. Um, mm-hmm. you know. Is being able to to gain the confidence um, and and make a space that they feel comfortable being themselves and opening up. You know, you and I both know that there are a lot of uh, what they call down low members of the of the um, veterans uh-huh. member community that you know uh-huh. don't know how to come out or don't feel comfortable coming out or, or being their authentic selves, um, even now, uh, with all the wins that we have with marriage equality and the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, so that's the greatest challenge is um, providing uh, a space, especially for the male and masculine identifying communities, um, for them to feel comfortable enough, you know, asking for help. Or, or you know, the realization that that you know help is, help is needed. There are many veterans. I mean, um, 
The veteran community, like I said earlier, has the highest um, substance abuse and drug abuse um, populations of all of all veterans. Um, and it's because we don't want to seek, we, we self-medicate with um, drugs and alcohol. We don't seek out, you know, the services that are, and the benefits we have within the Veterans Health Administration um, for to address the mental health issues that we may have, the substance abuse issues that we may have. Um, so, you know, when you say what's the greatest challenges, where are the greatest opportunity, it's, you know, um, being in a position um, and learning different methods to um, to reach that that demographic to break that shell. So to lead kind of off of that, then um, you talk about the the pride start. So are they reaching out to you, or are you reaching out to the pride people? Oh, both. Because um, I'm here in Chicago. I'd love, I'd love to have you come to Chicago. Well, so I need okay. to contact somebody to meet them. Huh? I'll be there. If you, if you call, I'm coming. But <laughs> in, the, in the community here in New York, um, I sat on the national board, which made me, but push, put me in a position to um, network with some of the leaders within the LGBT community um, in New York City. Um, and being able to walk and talk in those circles have afforded uh, me the opportunity to introduce the Rainbow Veterans Project to the different um, organizations that are leading the charge of the movement, the LGBT movement in the city, and allowed me to have those conversations um, during Pride Month, which garnered me a larger audience than I would normally have um, outside of Pride season. Um, I, I currently sit on a board for Harlem Pride, um, so I do have... Uh, a a a input on some of the um, programming and things that are communicated through that uh, through that organization as well. So I use use that as a voice. And then you know, in all of those organizations and the things that are happening within the tri-state area, you know, and beyond. I mean, I'm I'm at every conference that I can afford to go to and and can get the time off work. Um, having the conversations, you know, asking the questions and networking and gaining the information that um, that I that I can get from them, and then giving giving them the information about the Rainbow Veterans Project to take back to, you know, uh, anyone that may be uh, benefit from the services provided. So whenever you want me to come to talk to your constituency in Chicago, I'll come back. I'll get right. there. Girl, you should have told me. You have not said nothing but a word. I'm going to make some calls. I'm going to bring you in. Um, because they're building, I want to say, in Arlington or Hoffman Space, one of those uh, out there, one of the biggest supposedly veteran facilities to include housing and uh, educational center and all kind of stuff. Uh, so I definitely want you to talk to them. But I want to ask you a question since you said you sit on the board and you have kind of the ear when you talk in New York. Is it true that next year in New York there will be the National Gay Pride? Um, and that's 2019. It will be World Pride. Okay. 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 I knew it was one of them. Okay. 
for yeah. 2019. So 2019, New York City will host World Pride, which will also be the 50th anniversary of um, the Stonewall Revolt. Mm. So it's going to be 2019 in New York City. Um, in June, it's going to be an amazing uh, time of year to be yes. in New York. Um, uh, creating Change will also be in Philadelphia uh, in 2017, which is yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. New York. So uh-huh. I'm sure um, in the early part of the year next year, New York City and New Jersey will piggyback off of some of the things that will be happening um, leading up to and just after creating change next year. All right. Perfect. Pierre. Yes. What would make you what what would make you stop? And the um the sky open up and then the day get up and walk again. And, you know, that's probably just about the only thing that will get me to stop, you know, right now. Not even the winning Powerball tickets will, will make me stop. I'll pause for a minute, but then I'll use that money to to, to keep things going. Nice. So, I, Amazing. I know, and, you know, and, and one of the things that we have found about the people who are most passionate about what they're doing um, is, a, um, they're often self-funding their organizations, uh, and B, they're not doing things for self-care. <laughs> what are what are you doing for Tierra? So that yep. in the midst, because I know when you win that big game with a Powerball or something, because I'm gonna be right with you, because <laughs> I'm gonna win it too, and we'll all take our time, That's and right. you know, we'll, we'll have our our retreat in Hawaii and then come back and get back down to it. But until that happens, what do you do for self-care? What do you do when you get that those those emails from the vet who says, thank you for telling me about this, or that vet who says, you know, the shit's still going on, I need some help, or the one who comes in that day who can't look up and look anybody in their eyes because they're still hurting. What do you do when Tierra goes home and that day it has just been hard? What do you do for your own self-care? Um, it, I call it taking a time out. Um, it's mm-hmm. when it's no, it's no TV, no cell phone, no computer. Um, it's just me uh, with myself even if it's just for five minutes. Sometimes, you know, it's it's in in the bathroom. Sometimes it's, you know, in the tub. Sometimes it's, you know, when I sit down and take my shoes off. You know, it's that five minutes where, you know, I don't care if the phone is ringing or a notification comes that I have an email that I, that I take time just for me. Um, you know, that wonderful friend that led me uh, to Kappa, you know, once said to me, she said, Tierra, self-care is essential. And that's one of those things that resonates um, to me because I have been to a point where I felt like, you know, um, I was burning the candle at both ends. And that's when I had to say, you know, you, you know, even in those moments, you know, at work or um, within 
doing the work in the community, you know, I have to take those moments where I have to walk off and give myself give myself a time out. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it doesn't always mean taking a day, though sometimes it does mean does a day is necessary, you know, and, you know, I'm quick to jump on a plane or jump on a road and go somewhere. But, um, you know, self-care is anchored on just taking those moments when it's needed, taking that five minutes, that ten minutes, you know, burning a candle, putting some music on, and putting a phone on a charger and taking a bath or um, reading a book. You know, things like that are, are what I do to keep myself grounded. I mean, I'm, I am a very faithful um, person, so, you know, my relationship with God helps, helps me uh, stay anchored as well, um, stay humble, and stay calm. But it also fuels uh, the charge with, with, with helping others. And through that... Um, there has not come a time where I feel like, you know, I'm I'm ready to throw in the towel or I can't do it anymore. Okay. Wow. So, Tierra, when you went to New York, what, what were you really thinking? What did you? Where did you really want to go? <laughs> what, 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 what were you thinking? That's all the funny feeling. That's what we all said. What, what, what were you thinking? <laughs> but we've gotten over. It, okay, we've different. gotten over. <laughs> I think you were thinking something different, but I think what happened was what was supposed to. Absolutely, I think you know everything works in divine order. I'm, I am. I trust and believe that. Um, you know, I came to New York. Uh, following my heart, um, but it was meant for me to be here f- to build relationships, for me to grow personally, um, for me to help elevate others, for me to to carry on a message and you know disseminate information and you know be who I am, visible to someone else, and, you know even those that I don't ever have a conversation with or speak one word to, but you know see or read you know things that may help them, you know, get through, move through, empower them, you know, to go on one more day or to uh, help them reach their full potential. Um, And those are the things that uh, I'm doing here in New York. I mean, um, I don't think some of the relationships, some of the the, uh, opportunities that I've been afforded would have happened if I or anywhere else. I mean, that was Michelle is question. the fairy godmother <laughs> um, who who I watched move through the community in Michigan to help, you know, make things happen for the LGBT community, um, educating and empowering the, the people of color community, um, paving the way uh, in the circles that weren't traditionally um, occupied by people of color, let alone women. So that kind of, you know, motivated me, and then I was able to, you know, stand next to her and learn, you know, from her and her resiliency, um, and then, you know, grow from that and, you know, move to do the same for others while, you know, you know, continuing to grow myself. 
You not talking about I'm you. Sure. Are you I miss you. <laughs> you you not talking about I'm Michelle. Are you Tierra? <laughs> yeah. See, Michelle, you you have done a lot to motivate. To look at Tierra. Tierra's just told you how much you meant and what you've done. So you can imagine if we opened up the show and said, look, for all those people that she's touched and she's done something, could you call in? We'd be here all night. Yeah, we'd probably just, be here all night. You know, I just asked that they keep bail money because someday. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody that knows Michelle Brown knows that we need to keep bail money. And I got you, I got it for you too, Tia. You know that. Always, well, thank you know. You. Uh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, it's just your 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 elevated speech, your marketing speech for the Rainbow Veterans, because you know I want you to tell people how they can get involved, how they you know where they go to find out more about it, and of course how they can send those cards with the little check or money order or a dollar, whatever they've got, because Pierre has not won the lottery yet, and this is work that needs to get done. And like we say, whenever we have had some really great people here who are doing outstanding work, but you know what? Just like you have to invest in how good you look on Saturday night, you must invest in how good your community looks each and every day. And so this is another one of these things that, that folks, if you're not a veteran, you know a veteran, your life has been touched by a veteran. So, Tierra, tell us. Thank you. Um, yeah, I really want to say thank you uh, to the, the Can We Talk For Real family. It, it's like it's like you know going going to your cousin's house and you know hanging out in the backyard when I come. You know it's just comfortable, um, and I feel the support and, and the love always. So so thank you. Um, and you know the Rainbow Project Veterans Project you know aims to pro- to provide resources advocacy and training to members of the LGBT community, um, veteran community. You know, we want to ensure that all LGBT veterans understand all the benefits and entitlements due to them and their families. Um, If you want to help, you know, all I need you to do now is stay connected via Twitter, at uh, Rainbow Vets Project, on Facebook, the Rainbow Veterans Project. Um, stay connected. Come come out to workshops. Share a post. Um, post a testimony. Um, fly me to Chicago to speak at your uh, event. That's right. That's right. That's right. Right now, it's about getting the word out. Um, and, and getting the word out, having the conversations, um, getting in front of the people costs nothing. I mean, you know, if you are have the time and the and the experience experience to gift a website, that would be great. If you have the resources to gift the um, 
the funding necessary to complete the 501c3 um, uh, process, that would be wonderful. But from right now, well, what I need... Pardon me? Any lawyer that's out there that can do pro bono, call us. Go on that inbox. <laughs> All right, in- inbox us. Um, but, but really right now what I need is to 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 stay connected and have those conversations, you know. And if you aren't able to have those conversations, direct them, them to me um, for me to have those conversations and make those connections. But, you know, the the need right now is to stay connected and to to have the conversation. And if you do that, if I could go from this um this show and have you know, a thousand likes and, you know, a thousand followers on Twitter, um that would be great because if, you know, if I post something or some information is disseminated and each one of those people share it and then someone else shares it, that's that's being a voice, that's putting us in front of um, that LGBT veteran that needs to hear or see it, even if we, again, never say a word to them. Um, a, a, you know, an interesting fact that I did learn um, at the uh, OutServe conference is that, um that you know the research shows that the transgender identity is five times more common in veterans than non-veterans and that right there like totally blew my mind so we all know that our transgender community kind of you know flies under the radar in a sense and then um for our veteran transgender community uh members you know they're not going to be out and open about you know, who they are or the services that they provided, their military service. So just um, being a voice, staying connected, um, is is what helps. It's those things that you know, even if you don't say anything to them, if they see that the Rainbow Veterans Project exists, then you know they you know know that there's a service available, and when they're ready. You know, they'll see. They can seek out assistance from us. And if you win the Powerball or Mega Millions, don't forget the Rainbow Veterans Project will take all generous donations and gifts. Well, we're on it. I'm telling you, we got a list. For you. But but I have a question for you. If people know veterans, like you said, if they want to, okay, good. Like I have my father, I have my brother. I want to give in their name to your organization. Would that be something you could possibly start up or do or create so Absolutely. that that could happen? Absolutely, I, I um, will be able to do that. Um, right now, we are. I am act- actively working on a um, again getting a website up, and with the website, a donation um, capabilities for that, and in memorial um in honor of. Um, those donations will be possible as well. Perfect. So, and you know, you connected, you will know when the website is launched, and <laughs> we have the uh, capabilities of accepting um, donations. Uh, but you can always mail me, inbox me for uh, the mailing address, and I can take donations as well. 
is someone serving as a fiduciary for for you for those who who say, well, you know, they don't have their tax exempt status yet. Um, is someone is another organization serving as your fiduciary, or how's that going? I am in Great. conversation with Matt from the Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America, and um, that's the conversation that we are having right now for me to provide the uh, advocacy um, and training uh, services for the in, for that organization, and they serve as my fiduciary until uh, my tax exempt status uh, is awarded. So that's, that that um, is forthcoming as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I know that's the question that some that's people always go. Well, how do we know? And and and, and you know, and knowing you, I mean, because of your background, you know, and that's the other thing that that people have to know is like because, and if hopefully that came through when they heard about the organizations of the sorority, because of that, you know, this is someone who has experience in handling business and. Running a nonprofit, part of it is also like handling business. And if you, and if anything that you you should get from listening to what you've heard tonight and heard to your talk, heard about her sorority, is that this is someone who is not, you know, just like, oh, well, this sounds like it's fun. There's that level of commitment, but also the expertise, the leadership skills, the research, researching the knowledge necessary to make this work. And that's what I think that often the people go, well, you know, we've heard. Well, you always have these people who are on and they're doing good. The people that we have on who are doing good and are trying to do that, and then we talk about how you should support these, are people who have our credentials. I mean, these are the real deal. And, you know, so the Rainbow Veterans Project is the real deal. It's something that's really needed and that we need people to get behind and support. Thank you. Support and be a part of In case someone, is there a website for uh, Kappa Phi Omega? If someone heard and wanted to follow up on that, how would they how would they find out about that? I, it has a Facebook page, right? Yeah, yeah. there is a Facebook yep. page, Kappa Xi Omega Sorority Incorporated. There's also our website, Kappa Xi Omega um, dot org uh, that has all the information about our history, about um, becoming interested in the organization and soliciting membership to the organization. Uh, there's uh, Periscope, Twitter, Instagram, every social media avenue. If you search Kappa Xi Omega, you know, we are there. Google us. You'll see the wonderful work that we are all doing within the community across the country as well. Or they can inbox me, and I can point them in the right direction as well. And I know that you're a big part of Harlem Pride. What are the dates for Harlem Pride? And if you're going to give your your quick elevator speech about Harlem Pride, what do you want to tell folks about that? Absolutely. Thank you. Harlem Pride is the uh, (laughs) advocacy and resource organization within the Harlem community. Our... um, VIP launch party, which is, uh, you know, our annual Pride kickoff party, is June 10th. Um, it's a Friday in Harlem at Loft 142. 
and we have our annual uh, Pride celebration in, at Jackie Robinson Park on Saturday, June 25th, um, from noon to 6 p.m. And it's going to be, we have some pleasant surprises. Um, at our VIP launch party, we're giving out um, Legacy of Pride Awards, and one of our um, award recipients is recording artist Monifa. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so June 10th, the VIP launch party for Harlem Pride, and June 25th is the uh, Pride celebration in the park for Harlem Pride. You can also stop by the Kappa Xi Omega uh, table at Harlem Pride this year um, and see myself and other members of the organization and gain more information. Um, and, uh, again, harlempride.org, Harlem Pride on Facebook, Harlem Pride on Twitter, Harlem Pride NYC on Twitter, Harlem Pride NYC on Instagram for more information. And if they... Um, want to inbox me or send me an email, I can provide them with more information as well. All right. All right. That's wow. like a plan. Again, thank you. You know you're always welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's always good to hang out with my cousins on the back porch. Hey, all right. <laughs> hey, we, we, we always got a... A glass of something here for you. <laughs> we we've been inspired by the brothers at the on um, the sip. They do their show while they sip wine. Right. So we've been inspired. <laughs> so Tia, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And thank and Thank you to Geronica for calling in and telling us a little bit more yeah. about about um, Chapisai Omega. And we will mm-hmm. be getting back with her because I, I thought, you know, we're always planning shows into the future. So, you know, tell her to expect that call. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Exactly. We'll be ready, as we always are. Okay. okay. So, Perfect. 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 so, so Michelle. Sorry. Yes, Michelle. Uh huh. So, you know what? I have to give what? to you. We are definitely educating our community. Mm-hmm. Giving we good definitely information, are. Mm-hmm. Putting people out there that know that 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 is out out there doing things for people who nobody else is doing anything for, so they can get behind a cause. I mean, there is just so much. We're doing and it, and we're having the fun having conversations. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, and you know, and it is. We are, you know, we are a broad, beautiful community. Not only as a LGBTQ community, but as a Black community. And it's so great to show not only all these sides of us, but our strengths, our determination. You know, and that that we really are a family. We look out for each other, and you know, people want to talk about the the things that are going wrong in it. But you know what? There's an awful lot of strength, a lot of good that's going on in our community, and mm-hmm. to have this opportunity to support and talk about it is really 
a joy. Yeah. And you know what's, what's funny is what you just said about, you know, there's all, a lot of negative out there. And on the news this morning when they talked about, I guess, the new episodes of Roots and how Snoop is like, you know, there's always there's, you know, something negative out there. How about we do, we put something in there that's positive. I was like, okay, where did that come from? But that's a good thing. Yeah, no, but but you know what? You have to you have to read. Um, I, there's a post out there from Roland Martin talked about, and mm-hmm. I mean, which you, you got to check that out. That's just I'm just all I'm gonna say. Say I'm gonna okay, send it okay, to you. Okay, but but it, it really it really makes you makes you think, you know. But but also, you know, and the reality is like we have to learn from our past, look yep. real at at our present, and build towards our future. Yep, that we definitely have to do. And these young people yeah. really need to know where they came from so that they uh-huh. know the direction they're heading. And right now, for some of them, is not the way they should be going. Because uh-huh. it's like they're they making a some... turn and we're trying to stop them. Uh-huh. But then we have some amazing people. You know, we have some amazing oh, yeah. people. And, you know, oh, and then yeah. to be able to encourage them. Like I said, it was so good. And I hope that. The young lady I met today, I had told her about um, tonight's show, and when I see her next week, if she didn't listen to it, because I think that um, someone with that military background, she really needs to to hear from, for, and about somebody like Kira and what she's doing. I mean, it's it, it's very inspiring for her, and as she moves forward as to what's the next step, in her life. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. So we definitely so, so Michelle, what's up next week? Well, next week, okay. Well, you know, we have one of the things that as our, our world is growing, we're recognizing that, you know, there's a lot of mystery and there's a lot of things about the Muslim community. And there are LGBTQ people who are, Muslims practicing their faith. Next week, June yep. 5th, begins Ramadan. And so right. it is very fitting that during while the month of Ramadan that we are bringing back uh, on a, a family member, the Imam Dai Abdullah. He will be our guest. And All right. he's going to be, yeah, he's going to be talking about not only um, his journey from uh, a young boy on, on, in Detroit to becoming one of the five openly gay imams in the world. But what the Mecca Institute is doing to not only help LGBTQ people in this country and globally deal with the contradictions of their faith and homophobia and and also what it's doing to try to break down those barriers. He's another person that, you know, he does not stay stuck and just, you know, just that one part. He's, you know, you, we saw him at Creating Change. He's in many conversations on religion. So he'll be here to talk about Ramadan, LGBTQ, Muslims, and what's moving forward as far as building that bridge of understanding acceptance, and helping our LGBTQ Muslim brothers and sisters be able to live out, open, authentically, 
and in safety. Lovely. Nicely said, Michelle. <laughs> yeah. I just had a lovely well, conversation with him this evening, you know, so. Yeah, yeah that's right. Okay. So, Terry, so I, want have that I, want you, I want you to do some self-care, take care of you. I know you've been really busy with your responsibilities, yeah. but please take care of you. Because we can't talk for real if it ain't us, if it ain't both of us. You know? <laughs> uh, I know, I know for real. Okay, mm-hmm. I definitely. You too, and I will um, talk with you over the weekend. Okay, dear. All right. Okay. All righty. Okay. Bye bye. Good night. Bye. Good night.